here to break down last night's big games, winners and losers, our good friend who is absolutely a winner, political contributor Steve Gill. Steve, welcome to the show. What was your first takeaway from last night's Super Bowl? Curious to hear your thoughts. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm just disappointed that there was no Pride National Anthem, no Hispanic National Anthem, no um, <laughs> Caucasian National Anthem. I mean, if we're going to promote uh, you know, diversity, why, why did we only have one separate National Anthem? And, and if we're going to promote diversity, I thought the halftime show was like all black all the time. So, I mean, again, we're, the, the left screams diversity until they want to you know, kind of push their own agenda. Uh, one of the big losers last night was whoever was in charge of Usher's mic, uh, because his uh, singing was going in and out. Whoever was supposed to auto tune his voice, and Usher's a great talent, but man, he did not sound like it last night. Uh, the other one that I think was a uh, a big winner last night was whoever the cameraman was, who was supposed to be constantly trained on Taylor Swift, so that any reaction, her gaping wide open mouth, her vacuous looks of "I'm not sure what's going on here." Um, that, that that cameraman deserves an Emmy just for being able to keep his uh, camera trained on her constantly throughout the game. Okay, so that's interesting you mentioned that. I think public sentiment, Steve, was that this was a rather boring Super Bowl, right? There wasn't many touchdowns until after the halftime show. Usher, you know, they're saying that it was the halftime Super Bowl show for millennials. I kind of get that, right? You had Ludacris up there, all of it. The ads this year were rather boring. Whatever happened to a good Super Bowl ad? One that maybe pushes the envelope a little bit, makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe the only one that made all of us uncomfortable was the foot washing one. Did you see this one? It yeah, was that, that was disgusting and shows the lack of theological knowledge um, that, uh, <laughs> that the left has. Steve, let me it's jump in here and explain it real quick, and then I want to yeah. get your response. So this organization called He Gets Us and he would be referring to Jesus, launched a Super Bowl ad, and it depicted Christians washing the feet of very diverse individuals, shall I say, including a woman killing her baby at an abortion clinic. Again, Jesus washing the feet of that woman. An alcoholic, an environmental activist, an undocumented immigrant, a participant resembling a Black Lives Matter protester. You've got a gay man and more. So they took out, what, $7 million to run this ad. But for a lot of people that may not be familiar with what that actually resembles and the symbolism of a foot washing ceremony, it comes across as just a weird foot thing. So can you break it down? Um, because a lot of people are saying this was a smack in the face to a lot of Christians watching the Super Bowl last night. Yeah, you know, again, pe- people forget, you know, that Jesus did not tell the, the prostitute at the well, um, you know, go back to what you're doing. It was go and sin no more. Uh, you know, he was he was advocating people to change their lives, not embracing their sin. And I think that what that ad implies is that, you know, he embraces sinful behavior or um, secondary behavior in, in a way that's not biblical. Uh, you know, the, the uh, fact is that Jesus was the Son of God, and uh, there were, you know, instances where his feet would be washed, and, and sometimes with expensive perfume, uh, because he was the Son of God. And on one occasion, I think he washed the feet of his disciples to kind of reverse that trend. But again, he wasn't out washing the feet of, of sinners and, and encouraging them to continue their, their sinful behavior. So that. That was uh, one of the more ridiculous ads. I like the one with the two little uh, little boys playing pickleball. 
<laughs> uh, that was, I think it was for E-Trade. Um, the, the interesting thing I noted last night is how many of the ads had gratuitous celebrities throw in, thrown in for no particular reason. It's like the, the, the amount of money that celebrities must have been paid for just very brief cameo appearances in ads was uh, was interesting. Um, I thought the uh, the one where um, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't pronounce his ahs was uh, was an interesting one. The Dunkin' Donuts one was silly with the... Um, yeah, Jennifer Lopez, that, that. Ben Affleck. Um, the yeah. RFK Jr. one was pretty impressive. Did you see that one? I cannot imagine the family of... of the Kennedy family were too happy that he took out a $7 million Super Bowl ad to pitch his campaign. But a lot of people liked it, Steve. It was nostalgic. We have it here in Cut 9. Do you want a man for president who's seasoned through and through? A man who's old enough to know and young enough to do. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's strictly up to you. American Value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement. So, Steve, I guess it worked. His Google searches went through the roof last night after that campaign video. Will it be enough for the independent to get across the finish line? I don't know. It, it drew attention, which was his purpose. Um, it was interesting that you have a uh, an ad uh, that is a historical throwback when you've got the two leading candidates, that Democrat and Republican, in their 80s, uh, and and Kennedy is the youthful guy at 70. Uh, so, I mean, again, I think that ad was great if you were over 70 and remember JFK. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure it really cuts other than drawing some attention, and that's a pretty extensive attention draw. But any you know any ad in the Super Bowl, is is to draw eyeballs by the by the tens and hundreds of millions. I would say that the uh, the, the other irony of that one is that the pack that aired the ad is the one that's now under investigation uh, for mishandling the money that they have and whether or not they have properly oh, no. handled their uh, their pack requirements. So there's there's a lot of you know kind of layers yeah. to, to peel in that one. Uh, you know, I thought the game was not. Boring. I mean, it was a close game that came into overtime and and came down to some you know final dramatic plays, um, but it it didn't have the uh, the scoring that people tend to like or that you would have expected from from these teams. I, I was disappointed that the uh, 49ers didn't win because Juwan Jennings, the, the former Tennessee star, former Murfreesboro uh, star, I, I think deserved the MVP if the uh, if the 49ers had won, I mean, he threw a touchdown pass, caught a touchdown pass, made incredible plays. And, uh, I was, uh, I was disappointed that they didn't win because I thought he would have deserved the, uh, the MVP award. Speaking of the leading candidates in the 2024 race to the white house, a new ABC news poll conducted in the days after the big scathing special counsel report that basically said president Biden committed crimes but because he's a sweet old dude, we cannot actually bring him before a jury. Um, so the poll found that 86%, 86% of Americans, Steve, believe he's too old to be our next president. That's insane. So the Sunday shows, of course, they pick up the story and they sent all of the surrogates out for President Biden and the Biden administration. So you've got one of his press guys 
guy by the name of Mitch Landrieu refuting this claim that Biden is mentally incompetent. And everybody knows that he is. Take a listen. Cut five. And I'm telling you, this guy's tough. He's smart. He's on his game. And as Secretary Mallorca said a minute ago, when you go in to brief the president, you got to you better have your big boy <laughs> pants on. And and this kind of sense that he's not ready for this job is just a bucket of BS that's so Un- deep. Your boots will get stuck in. Yeah, uh, understood. But, but Americans don't agree with what you're saying. In fact, our NBC News poll found that 76 percent of voters are concerned about whether the president has the necessary mental and physical health to be president for a second term and then you heard dhs secretary um alejandro mayorkas be invoked there and here's what he had to say just a couple minutes before that on face the nation here in cut four we'll get you to respond then made gratuitous unnecessary and inaccurate personal remarks and those are improper the most difficult part about a meeting with president biden is preparing for it because he is sharp intensely probing and detail-oriented and focused. All right, Steve, I'll let you have the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, Mayorkas, the guy who lies uh, to Congress under oath, uh, commits perjury repeatedly uh, with impunity, saying anything that anybody should take as the truth is laughable. Uh, You know, I don't know why it's hard to prepare for a meeting with uh, President Biden. Just ask him to send you copies of his note cards because he's not going to be able to say or think anything that's not on his (laughs) little three-by-five card. Uh, the idea that this guy is sharp and, and on top of his game is is ridiculous. And, and the fact that these people are willing to go out and, and commit their Baghdad Bob moments. Remember that guy in, in uh, Iraq who claimed, the Americans are not near Baghdad, while the tanks were literally rolling behind him in the visuals. Uh, these people are willing to lie and say anything, and I think it's, it undercuts how weak he is. If I'm the prosecutor, her, H-U-R, uh, which makes me wonder what are his pronouns, him, her, her. It, it gets confusing when they talk about her all the time. Um, this guy ought to say, fine, you, you have convinced me. Uh, we were going to give him a pass and not indict him and his his workers for mishandling these documents. But now you've convinced me. Everybody says he's sharp as a tack. Then, okay, fine, we'll indict him. You know, you've convinced me. Yeah. You know, he, he gives the guy a pass because he's mentally incompetent, which is ridiculous. And certainly all the staffers that were moving these documents around that they had no authority to see or have access to. It shouldn't just have been prosecuting Biden. He ought to be prosecuting the staff members who were moving these documents for which, as a senator and a vice president, he had no authority to remove yeah. uh, from the skiff. Uh, prosecute them. But the prosecutor needs to say, fine, OK, guys, you've convinced me. He's sharp as a tack. We're going to indict him. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And um, on that note, we're going to have to leave it there. But I could go on with you because I thought your analysis was spot on with your legal background on it. So, Steve, guys, follow him on X at The Gill Report. We'll get you back on Thursday and pick up the conversation. All right. Thanks, my friend. Talk to you later.